Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Thinking about buying a leasehold property? These are the things you must know first. Hi, and welcome to this edition of the Vancouver Life Real Estate Podcast and YouTube channel. Today, we are exploring leasehold properties and why, or first what they are, and why and when they might be a good choice for some people. Um, off the top here, I guess it's uh, most important for us to talk about what is a leasehold property. Um, in essence, it really just is, um, it's a property that where you own the property itself, the structure, but not the land that it is built on. Uh, the land is essentially leased to the homeowner by the landowner. And there are a few different types of landowners involved that uh, Ryan will extrapolate a bit on here. Yeah, I mean, leaseholds are, are an interesting alternative to, to freehold property. Um, at the end of the day, they, they definitely have some, some pros. They, they also have some, some cons. Um, for example, the vast majority of leasehold, leaseholds sorry, um, in the GVRD are owned by really two sort of main landholders. You've got the city of Vancouver, so the government that owns large swaths of land. Well, they're the largest landowner in, in the nation. Um, but then uh, the uh, First Nations are also um, a, a large landholder of um, leaseholds. And typically with leaseholds, you get a combination of um, prepaid leases. So leases that have been kind of baked into the price. And then you've also got uh, an active lease, um, one that you're paying on top of uh, every single month, including your your mortgage payment, strata fees, plus a leasehold payment, right? So those are those are typically your 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 two biggest landholders of leaseholds. Um, and I think what we should probably talk about is because <laughs> I often get asked questions by clients who are sort of always they send me this property in a fantastic location and it's way cheaper than everything else. Right. And they're sort of like, how come this has been on the market for 150 days and it's, you know, 30% cheaper than everything else around it. And it's a pretty easy <laughs> for us as, as real estate agents to recognize what that is. Um, but maybe we should talk about why that's the case. Right. So Dan, maybe you want to touch on why is leasehold property typically cheaper than freehold? For, uh, for obvious reasons, meaning you don't own the land, but maybe there's some other sides of that. Well, that's that's obviously largely it, is because you don't own the land it sits on, and so there are different exit strategies. When you don't have full control over the property that you own, uh, the lease is going to dictate a lot of what can happen and a lot of the worth, the value of that property. Um, most leaseholds, there's generally two uh, timeframes that the leases are uh, created in, and these are usually 99 or even 125-year leases. So while they sound nice and long and that, yeah, sure, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be able to sell this property well before that expires, some of these leases have already been around for 60, 70, even 80 years. So mm -hmm. some of them are about to expire. 
And on the other side of the expiration, a couple of things can happen that we'll touch on, but it, it adds a little bit of uncertainty as well. So there's a little bit of the volatility in the pricing there because you don't own the whole property and you don't control what happens on the other side of that lease expiration. Yeah. And I think that lease expiration is an interesting topic because um, it'll impact the value of the, of the leasehold, right? So for example, um, I know I used to live in False Creek um, in one of the last little freehold portions of, of False Creek, but a lot of False Creek is leasehold. And that's held by the government. And uh, I think some of those leases, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're about 20 years out from uh, being turned over, right? So going to happen well within our, our lifetime and well within property ownership durations, right? So what does that mean for the people in it? Um, and what about people trying to buy it, right? So if you're if you're thinking about buying into a into a place where you've got sort of 20 years left on that lease, that could be problematic for you on the other side, trying to get out, right? Because at the end of the day, if you don't sell prior to that lease expiring, you have one buyer at the end of that train, if you will. And that buyer, assuming the way the lease is written, would typically buy out the structure from you at the market value. But again, that particular piece of property is sitting on their land, right? So nobody else is going to buy it. So if you don't, if they don't like the price, it's almost like too bad <laughs> um, because it's, it's their land, right? So um, that is an inherent disadvantage uh, in leasehold property versus freehold. You just don't have the same bundle of rights, right? And this is typically the case, whether it's in UBC. I mean, there's a bunch of different areas, right? UBC is typically owned by Musqueam Nation, right? And um, you've got freehold land, or sorry, lease, leasehold land that's uh, large portions of North Vancouver, um, uh, West Point Gray, uh, parts of Kitsilano and SFU. There's lots of places that you got to be careful and find out because all of the leases are different on all of these pieces and plots of land. And I honestly wouldn't recommend somebody buying a leasehold without a minimum of say 40 years left on a lease, right? Yes. And, and don't forget the West End as well. A lot of leaseholds oh, right. in that neighborhood too, which is often where we get the emails from like, hey, I, I want to live downtown. And, and why is this condo 400K compared to the neighboring ones at like 650? Yeah. Um, and, and almost you know guaranteed it's because it's going to be a leasehold property. So yes, when talking about the uh, remaining years left on that lease, a couple things to consider. When it expires... Uh, there's really two outcomes. One is going to be that that lease can be extended, you know, for X amount of time. It could be five years, 25 years, another 125 years, for example. But obviously, there is a cost involved with that. Uh, I believe for some of these False Creek neighborhoods, they're talking about a 25 to 40 year extension. And that's coming with a six figure price tag per condo. So you could be living in your in your home and uh, not wanting to move. Maybe you like the area, and they're like, "Well, you can continue, but you need to pony up, you know, 120k or or whatever that number is going to be, and that is uh, likely just going to be a cash payment. You're not going to be able to bundle that into a mortgage. Um, yeah. On top of it, too, very important to recognize that leasehold properties, if you do require financing for this, mm. most leaseholds are a minimum. 25% down. Often you'll hear of 30 or even 35% being your required down payment. 
And when a bank, when a lender, when an A lender looks at these properties, they essentially look at the remaining lease, they'll remove 20 years of that lease and then lend on the balance to calculate your amortization period. So if let's say you have a 50 year lease remaining, the bank's gonna look at it as, as 30, which okay, great, 30 year AM, that's kind of your max anyway. Um, you can borrow on, on that time frame. But do consider if you're gonna live in that home for 10 years and now the lease is 40 years, the next buyer may only have a max of a 20 year AM available. So your exit strategy is something to consider before getting into a leasehold as well. That's very good advice. Um, you know, generally speaking, um, when it comes to affordability too, because that's often the way people look at leaseholds, they go, well, look, I can live in a beautiful part of town for arguably much cheaper. And there's some truth to that, at least at, at uh, the, the list or sale price. Um, but like when Dan said, you, you know, when your minimum down payment is 25 to 35%, um, let's say the property is $500,000. Well, now all of a sudden you've got to put $125,000 down on the property. Whereas on a $650,000 property, you could get away with, you know, an insured mortgage of only 10% down. Right. So when you, when you think about the affordability aspects of it, um, in terms of a, a capital requirement, I don't think it's any more affordable. Um, and I, it also, these properties, they tend to appreciate in, in similar fashions as freehold does. The difference being is that they're 25% cheaper, right? So if you're buying a leasehold, um, you're putting in more capital on a property that's less leveraged, that's going up by a similar amount, comparatively, you could put less money down on a more expensive property and make similar gains in terms of percentage points, but make actually more money because you've got less money in and more money coming out on the other side, right? So in terms of an investment, not in my opinion, maybe the best one to go for just because it's capital heavy. Um, and furthermore, you don't have the same bundle of rights that most people do uh, comparatively to freehold. But, and, and this but is important, the locations that we just talked about are some of the best in the city, right? And there's a reason why the, the, the government doesn't, or, or First Nations don't want to give up that land. Um, you know, we're talking about that, that False Creek Inlet, beautiful place to live. You can literally walk out onto the seawall. Same with the West End, right? UBC is gorgeous. It's got amazing trails to walk through if you're into the outdoors. Same with North End. This is well known, right? So people will often put maybe the investment portion aside for that lifestyle element, but you just have to make sure that you've checked the lease, that you've checked the duration, that you have the capital requirements, right? These things are very important in a successful leasehold buy. The other uh, exit strategy, if you will, option that could come up too that we should touch on is, okay, if the lease is not extended and the landowner decides to take that land back, maybe they're going to sell it to or sell the next project to a developer or even do something, I don't know, different themselves. Uh you would be bought out. It's not that you just lose your property. There would mm -hmm. be a buyout and, and the market value would be obtained by a sort of mutually agreed upon appraisal or multiple appraisals and the sort of average would come out there. So you're not necessarily left, you know, high and dry. You're not getting kicked out of your home, um, but you will get market value for it. And then of course need to search for a new home. So again, that kind of taps into the uncertainty a bit. Um, I guess the, the only thing I'd say to that though, and it's, you know, the market value side of things, like when we go to market with a freehold property, 
um, we have, you know, in this market anyways, you know, between sort of two and 20 buyers, depending on the property, depending on the price point, the difference there being with leasehold is you do only have one uh, on an exit, right? So if that potential buyer or landowner doesn't want to pay you what you want for the property or what you think it's worth, it could be difficult. It could be an interesting... And, and your ability to capitalize on a hot market is not going to be the same as if it were in a freehold property. Yeah, all very true. Obviously, the percentage of leaseholds out there, uh, it's just a, a minute fraction compared to the freehold properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while we kind of sound like we're being you know, very cautious and very wary of leaseholds, there are exceptions, mm-hmm. right? There are times when leasehold properties do make a lot of sense for people. And I think we should kind of uh, give some examples of that. Uh, first one, uh, we know of investors who have bought into the West End, as an example, and they have bought a leasehold property because that price point is lower. And yes, because they had to get in with, let's call it 25 to 30% down. Because of this higher down payment, because of the smaller mortgage based on the purchase price, these investors are actually cash positive in downtown mm-hmm. Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do, extremely hard to do on a freehold property with the same down payment right now. Yeah, yeah, very difficult to do. Very, so, and that's a very good point. It's a very good point. So, some people, some investors who are wanting that downtown condo, they want to be cash positive from day one, that is an avenue that they can explore. Um, one thing that we did that I was very surprised by the outcome uh, in the last 10 years or so. Freehold properties have appreciated at basically the same rate as leaseholds. Wow. I did not expect that. I thought leaseholds were going to be far lower. Um, and we're talking West End, we're talking Point Grey, and North Van is, is the study that I did. And basically across the board, leaseholds were just within a point or two of the freehold appreciation rate over a decade. Wow. I guess, yeah. And the only difference being is those leaseholds are typically 25% cheaper than your freehold, right? Absolutely. So that 25% margin is on the equity side of the play when you're looking at both cash flow and equity. But cash flow specifically, Dan, is 100% on. And that's it's very hard in Vancouver to cre- to buy an investment property with a minimum amount in and actually get some cash flow out of it. It's damn near impossible. <laughs> that's it. So who else? Uh, option number two here. Um, There are brand new leaseholds, for example, in uh, Seymour Village in North Vancouver. Beautiful location, beautiful brand new homes. It's an Aquilini development. Uh, Had a a client get into there for for a family home. They actually bought it with 20% down. So basically the same as a freehold because the price point was over a million dollars. So they had to have 20% down. But the home, I mean, if you were to get the equal home in the neighboring like few blocks where they're freehold, probably one five kind of thing, yeah. right? Like maybe a 30 to 40% premium. Um, and these have 125 year prepaids on them, meaning that this, this family can live in this home for 20 years. And when they go to sell it, and there's still over a hundred years on that lease, there's going to be a bigger buyer pool for that. And they enjoyed a brand new, beautiful home in a great location for 20 years. That's appreciating at the same rate of their freehold neighbors. I, I got to say, I got to say too, I actually looked at that particular development for myself about four or five years ago. Um, And if here's uh, to your appreciation uh, comment, they were, if you can believe it, at the pre-sale stage, the same home that your client ended up buying was available for $700,000, $699,000. 
that home, what did that home sell for now, Dan? That one that your client's in? They bought in uh, at the beginning of this year for about one one. So four years, you're looking at 400,000. Oh, oh yeah, you ready for, you know what they're selling for today? Resale? One three to one four. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, leaseholds are a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they can be, they can yeah. be right. And they, yeah. they have no worries about their exit because the, the land is obviously, you know, secured for that 125 year time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, you know, on the way out, they're going to have a lot of lease life left. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. Um, I, and, and like any piece of property, uh, much to our conversation here, each one is specific, right? So there are good deals in freehold. There are also bad deals in freehold. And the same applies with leasehold. So it's about doing your due diligence. Sorry, It's about exploring that lease. It's about seeing what the commitments are. Um, those are very, very important parts about making a, a good decision around this property type, right? And if you can find one where you've actually got 20% down, that's a really good deal. Yeah, those those are rare, and you, yeah. you need a very good uh, broker <laughs> at a strong lender to get you that. But hey, mm-hmm. we're living proof that you can get in. But again, generally expect to pay twenty five to thirty percent down, kind of as your minimum, uh, if you want to approach leaseholds as an option for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any other really important points that we want to make on leaseholds, Dan? Well, I think we've kind of touched on what to look for and what to avoid. Again, it's not really a blanket statement. They have to be looked at case by case. Uh, We are familiar with them here. So if it's an option that you want to explore either as an end user or an investor, again, it it is something to explore if everything that we've kind of said here is starting to resonate with you. Um, We know the pitfalls. We know the ways to win. Um, Please feel free to give us a call and explore the leasehold option because, um, again, even if you want to live at SFU or you want to live at UBC, you're pretty much only looking at leasehold as an option. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there yep. are paths to success here and, and ways to mitigate your risk, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Well, I think that's everything for us this week. Uh, it was nice to actually kind of talk about something positive as opposed to lack of supply, lack of supply. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, again, if you found this valuable, guys, please hit that subscribe button, um, ring the bell so you don't miss any updates for future videos. And otherwise, we'll uh, be here next week with a new topic. See you then. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.